What's your problem? What's your solution? This is an interview series about changing the world. A lot of our suffering comes from the way we approach problems. My guest today knows everything about that. Rosamund Stone Zander spent many years working as a therapist with people and organizations. Ross Zander is an artist and our guide. Welcome to Camp Solutions. Rose, what is possibility? In my definition, possibility is an attitude. It's an attitude of openness and without fear. It's looking for what might be and looking to see how things are now without the clouding of interpretation. It's also a discipline. It's a discipline in every part of it, like the language. Possibility is a language. It's a way of speaking. And in that way of speaking, you're looking from here to the future. You can understand the past, but you don't drag it with you. Um, you say, how about, what if we did such and such? You say, let's do this. It's a let's kind of thing. Possibility always involves more than yourself. It's always a connection to other people. Possibility is also an energy. And the energy is the energy of love. And in the realm of possibility, you're walking in love. And you yourself are a tower of love, a transmission of love. And it affects everybody around you. So you came to this vision of possibility after being a therapist, working with people for, for a long time, many decades. Where did that come from? How did that develop? What happened to me as a therapist was that I kept with a number of clients hearing how they were talking about themselves and life as a kind of story. I heard it as a story, not reality. And they weren't making any distinction. This horrible thing happened to me the other day, and, I, and I'd think, where would you see horrible? I can see thing happening, if it got a name, but I can't see horrible. Some people might say it's great, some people... So I heard most of what they were saying as story itself. And so I thought, and of course it's in the language, in the story language, so it began to occur to me that if I dealt with those clients on the level of story and not on the level of real problem or the level of problem, because problem, a problem itself exists only for the person who says they have a problem. It doesn't exist out there. I began hearing the story people were telling in their language and how they viewed themselves. And I thought, there's a better way in in these problems than to asking them how they really felt and then going deeper and deeper. And people can do that for years. But I decided to start treating people for their stories, not for their problems, which I don't believe in anyway, because it's in their language. So. Um, I would say, keep suggesting how to move that story to a different way of speaking about it. And they'd leave the session all happy. And with all, a new story. With a new story. 
can you give an example what that means, uh, how people experience the introduction to possibility? This is subtle, because if they tell me a story of grief, I want them to feel the grief, but I immediately look for whether they have a story about how they they weren't the right person or the person died because of them or something like that or the person left them because of them and I go right in on that. Mm -hmm. For instance, a couple came to me and the woman was so upset and I said, okay, you upset at all the things he didn't do right, which she told me, a whole slew. But I said, what would you like from this man? Well, she'd never thought to think that way. And she said, well, but then she went back into the litany. I said, no, 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 we're dealing with what you want, because we, I want to get you what you want. And then she said, well, he's not going to give it to me anyway. And I said, but you're going to tell it to us. And then she tried not to. And I said, you're not leaving this office mm -hmm. until you ask for something you want. And finally, in a burst of tears, she said, I want a fur coat. The next week when they came back, she said he went to New York and came back with this huge box with a big ribbon around it and there was a mink coat in the box. And they quit therapy because everything was done. People listening to this will say, you can't solve a couple's problems by one getting somebody to ask one question. But it changed the narrative between them. Yeah. And so I agreed to their not coming back until, unless they called me. So if you compare your earlier years as a therapist, when you hadn't yet discovered the importance of changing the story into possibility, are you more successful? in helping people. Yeah, I'm, I'm more successful in helping people quickly. There was a man who said that he'd been dealing with his, his anger at his father for 10 years or something. And his, he was angry because his father had committed suicide and left him and his mother and been so selfish about it. Yeah. Well, where's the story there? Not the committing suicide, but that he was selfish. So I went for that story and I said, tell me the, the way the, um, it all happened. And he said, well, my parents had a fight in the late afternoon and then we had dinner and my father was kind of closed down, but not, he didn't know anything. And in the morning, he was dead in the garage. He turned on the, the gas. And and my mother was so distraught and felt it was so selfish and so did I. I was 10 years old or 12 years old. I mean, I couldn't believe my father would do that. All right, so what's the narrative between your parents? Well, he, he said, my mother again threatened to leave him that, but it wasn't so serious, threatened to leave him that evening and, um, or in the afternoon. And I know that my father had said that he would kill her if he left her. But you know, that's a thing people say. 
okay, I said, let's look at this. Here's your father. His, his wife has now again said she's going to leave him. You don't know, you're 12, you can't get the judgment there. What if he believes it? What would he do then? And the man said, well, he might kill her. And I said, but he didn't kill her, did he? <laughs> he killed himself. Why did he do that? And I said, we're not going to get the true story, but we're going to get a better one than you've held. That is, you upgrade from child to adult story. That makes more sense. So he just thought for a moment, and he said, he didn't want to leave. He didn't want to leave us without a mother and a crazy father. And he felt it. He, and I said, oh, so was he selfish? Not at all, said the man. So I can do that more quickly than most therapists can do it, because they're not concentrated on that. They're concentrated on the grief of the suicide and whether there's this pattern in the family and so on. But it's the wrong interpretation. It's a child's interpretation of a suicide, not an adult's. Yeah. So I now, I was thinking about myself. You know, um, when I was born, I was the only child. And my mother came from a big family, always wanted to have more children. The reproductive system didn't work anymore between my parents, so ne there never came the next child. I kind of picked up, I suppose, on my, my mother's dealing with the grief of the child that was not coming, or the, yeah. ne the next child. Yeah. And I'm sure I felt responsible for that, because somehow, whatever, there was something missing, and that I did not provide, I was not enough, kind of. Kind well, you weren't enough. Yeah, that kind of a story. So now, I understand that story. I understand that I misinterpreted that. Yeah. But that may not mean that there are some reflexes in me where that, are they showing up? That they may still show up, despite I rationally know better, right? Give me the exact conversation in which they're showing up. One thing about possibility is that you're very much on the ground. You don't say, it always happens that such and such, because always is nothing you can see. Well, if I am, it as always, you know, in, in relationship, when there is a moment... Okay, there's a woman? Yeah, there's a woman. Say, okay. uh, say woman. Uh, woman. Woman. Man. And Jurian. Yes. Okay, so got him. We were going to uh, have a nice walk on the beach uh, at 6 p.m. I have a lot of work and I see that coming and that, that walk on the beach disappears. And um, she was really looking forward to that. She and told you she was looking forward? Yes, and, I, and so was I. And I feel... That, that my too much work at that moment basically destroys something that, that we both would have enjoyed. It did. And yes, it did. And I feel, yeah, I, I, when I look at myself, I think I then at these moments take too much of, I mean, reality is that I had to do that work. Nobody disputes that, including my beloved. She's not disputing it. I am. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Can I yes. interact with this now? Yeah, please. Okay. Yeah. You made a choice that you didn't want to make, but had to make. You felt you had to make. The work demanded you at that moment. You wanted to walk on the beach, and so did she. So you disappointed her. Now, if you feel that very strongly, then you ought to relate it back and say, geez, to yourself. Yeah. Am I carrying on about how terrible it is for me to disappoint somebody? 
I made the choice to do so. And then instead of going through a loop, if you get that, then you say to her, I am, I'm disappointed, you're disappointed, give me a kiss. I want you to do something really fun while I'm working. Anything you've got in mind? But you put your attention on her, you take it away from all this yes. ch childhood stuff. You also say that possibility, living in possibility, is a discipline. Yes. Tell me more about the discipline. How do I remain in, in my story? Okay. The, the right story, the helpful story. First, you have to see it, possibility, as a certain kind of narrative in itself. It's the story of stories. It says our lives are made up of stories. That's part of the narrative of possibility. The next is that some of the stories that our lives are made up of are child stories and some of them are more grown up. As far as we know so far, the grown up ones serve us better than the child ones. Okay, there are characteristics of child. You, the, you are the center of the universe. It was done to you. The other parts of the child narrative are things happen and remain forever. I know because I saw last year that a beggar on the street took the money and went and got a drink. All beggars drink with the money you give them. Yeah. And it'll stay locked like that. Um, and in possibility narrative, you are, you take all points of view. So if you get stuck again, you think, how am I acting in my stuckness like a child? How am I doing something that is so without nuance? Let's try a different point of view. All of that comes to your mind if you have, that's part of the discipline of being in possibility. We live in a world, in a society, where people seem to be addicted to problems. People, it's like people want to have problems. People are more comfortable when they know the dangers, and if they can't find them, they'll look for them. And then they'll um, amplify them. We are born into a world where nature wants us to survive, and for most creatures, fear is the biggest thing they've got going. It's not the only thing, but if, you, if you're in the bush in Africa and you see these lovely gazelles, they're quivering all over because they're about to run away. Um, very useful thing, but not for us anymore. We've dominated everything and now we've dominated nature and we're not following her precepts particularly well. So um, part of possibility is to leave the world of fear because we've survived already, we know it. If there's anything like a truck barreling down on us, move for God's sake, but we're constituted to move in that state. But when we see the loss of our income barreling down the road, we shouldn't run. No. <laughs> and then when we don't see things that actually are slowly moving down the road that, sh that would be helpful to make us afraid, 
we don't see them because we're primed like the gazelle to from present danger. So climate change doesn't make us run to the bank to help it out. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So in a way, possibility is asking that question, is it true? Yeah. But now in, about global warming, if we ask that question, is it true? The answer is probably yes. Yeah. The true story is this and this and this have happened in the world. The, the waters have risen this much. The glaciers have melted this much. All the data is true. Another part of the story that's true is what has been done. What things work with it, what things don't. It's an enormous data field, all of which in the data field I'm saying is true. You can put a positive spin on some of it, a negative spin on other of it, and the negative spin is what isn't true, and the positive spin is what isn't true. The thing itself is true. But the depression that people create to respond to global warming, it doesn't make any sense anymore what I do because it's going to fall apart anyway. That is the story we need to address. But this is a difficult one for people to understand because the moment you say, you know, it is not as bad or it may not be as bad, then, they, then it seems that you question the fact. Yeah. And that's not the point. We don't want to question the fact. No. But we want to get people to move and do something. So how would you phrase that? Let's make up the story, which I do, that, a, that people have more power than they think they do. It's easy enough to fold into, well, I'm not important. And that's a major story for human beings. I don't mean anything. I'm just one of many. I'm not important. So why should I get up in the morning? If you're walking and talking in possibility, you have an enormous influence just about around the neighborhood because people see the energy. The energy is love. Walk around radiating love and true love, not bogus love. And that makes people feel strong when love is coming towards them. I want people to feel strong. And I want them to be connected. Love connects. I just want to tell you a story that I had an extra ticket for um, Al Gore's first film, An Inconvenient Truth. And I looked out on the street and I saw somebody walking in that direction. I ran after this person. It was a woman with a bag. And I said, there's the most incredible film in this thing. And I have this extra ticket. Would you like to sit with me? Well, guess what? She did. Mm -hmm. So you stand in this love energy and do what you think will make a difference. So that's the second thing, making a difference. I thought it would make a difference to have this woman see the film, of course. How is it connected that people being more in the, in the realm of love are solving the problem of global warming. I went with Ben Zander to Hayman Island because he was asked to speak and open the World Economic Forum in Hayman Island. I said, if I come, I want you to make the whole thing about the environment. And he said, that's a great idea, Roz, but we can't do it this year. And I said, smiling and full of energy, it's a great idea, but, you, but 
then Ben can't do it this year. Silence. He said, I'll see what I can do. They, they decided to make the whole thing about the environment. I mean, this is just a woman calling up and saying, well, then you can't have Ben Zander. Most of the people were Australian. And they all connected and banks and different places all had decided to call each other and they were partners. And then the next year, in the World Economic Forum, at the last day up in the mountains, Michael Rue came up to me and said, we changed the face of Australia with that meeting. I can't explain it, and I, it's not an energy that belongs to me. It's a universal energy, and if you can catch the vibe, I think having some discipline helps you catch the vibe. But you can do enormous things from that place. And it is something that is available to all of us. Yeah. It's tuning in. You, you call it discipline, tuning in, same tuning thing. Tuning in. I saw a beggar on the street, and he had a sign that said, um, seeking human kindness. I thought that was nice. Yeah. And I passed it, and I thought, no, wait a minute, and I went back got down next to him and said, may I make a suggestion? Sure. Why don't you say, offering human kindness? <laughs> he got confused. But I don't have anything to offer, he said. I have nothing. And he got all upset. And I said, you have no human kindness? And he said, oh, I have lots of human kindness. I said, I thought so. So you have lots to offer. Is it so that women are naturally better at possibility than men? There's so much about possibility that's in the way of speaking or in the discipline or what I call enlarging the frame is what you're talking about. If you get a guy interested in enlarging the frame, he'll be right on it. Yeah. So I can't say that you're right about that. But to overcome a problem, you need to focus on it. Yeah. But you need to be able to see what's in a wider frame as well so to find out how it got that way or what really is involved. There are no closed systems in nature. No closed systems. We act as though systems are closed all the time. The doctor looks at the toe, or then the other doctor looks at the ear, as though they were unrelated. There's nothing closed. in in the body, and the body is not closed in relation to other bodies. I mean, there's so many things that uh, belie our closed system approach. Let's just isolate this thing and so we can really understand it. No, you can't. So we're not talking here about differences between, I mean, yes, between men and women, but the more important thing is here that probably this society needs more feminine energy. Yeah. And the feminine energy could, might as well come from you know, the male species as it can come from the females. The other thing that mitigates against being able to step easily into possibility is hierarchy. And people who have been at the bottom of the hierarchy tend to be more open, they tend to be more available in some ways than people who've gotten to the top who feel, and especially if they're males, and especially if they're a first child, regardless. Present company accepted. Yes.
present company accepted, um, they tend to think they're responsible for everything around them, but not responsible in the way that would be great in possibility. Sure, I'll be responsible and open yourself up to it. No, not that way. I've got to make sure it all works out right. And people at the bottom of the hierarchy tend to have more compassion because they know what it's like to be down and out in some way. Women know what it's like to be overlooked, pushed aside, stepped upon, no matter from what background they come. And I count that a blessing in my life that I have that experience. I think we were in Chicago and I gave a little seminar and a, and I was explaining how storytelling and possibility works and there was a businessman in the meeting who said, you know, this is, I get what you're saying, it's all very good, but people who are less intelligent, have had less education, they're not going to get this. I said, I don't agree with you. It's probably the way I'm speaking, but anyway. So then I left and went to my room and there was the woman who was making the beds. And I said, can I ask you a question? I've just been told that my idea, that you couldn't understand it, and I'm going to tell you what the idea is, that people live in stories. They don't just live in reality. And in order to change the world or change your circumstances, you kind of have to change that story. And she just interrupted me. She said, well, he's silly because, of course, when you don't have any money, you've got to work like mad to have a story that works for your children. She said, I don't have enough money even to give them lunch. But I tell them a story about why they're chosen or favored or something like that that gets them through. And I just thought, she was on it like that. Yeah. And here's another story we have that people who are doing the cleaning in hotels aren't smart enough to get the possibility model. <laughs> there are some patterns in the world that I call nature patterns and some that we grow up with that we just as soon get rid of. Possibility can help you get rid of the p patterns that are not serving and that are not based in nature and help you to see which ones are. Thank you, Rosanne. Thank you. Possibility is an inspiring solution. It's the beginning of every solution. It's the beginning of the upward spiral. This was Camp Solutions. See you next time.